BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. Uh, I am in studio again today. I was going over actually some of the footage. Okay, so... I am so behind. Let me just say this right up top. I am so behind on a lot of the video content when it comes to this podcast. Like, I haven't been posting reels and TikToks like I used to. I haven't gotten the YouTube videos up, like, at all. <laughs> Mostly because, for some reason, doing the thumbnails stresses me out so much. But I'm working on it. Also, my computer storage was, like, completely to the max and I couldn't figure out why and I ended up doing a little computer science kind of movie moves like a little hacker and I realized that my like previous videos from like four to five years ago are all still stored in my like video editing software so like I couldn't download anything (laughs) it was a full disaster like I should have gotten this under control way long ago but if you know anything about for my girlies with depression it's really hard to get yourself to do anything at all for your own self. Like whenever I fall into a depression, I feel like I'm behind on every normal thing that a normal person does. I can do things for other people or like I think about like, okay, the only way I'm going to start doing stuff for myself is if I like add on another person. So like when I was dating, that was another person to take care of before myself. And it was honestly easier to do that than it was to take care of myself. And then now I'm like, okay, well, should I just get a dog? Because at least the dog will get me, like I said, will get me out of bed in the morning. And then I have to do stuff for the dog, which means I have to do stuff for myself because I have to be here to take care of the dog. Do you see the logic? Anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying I'm working on it. We're putting more (laughs) video up on both Instagram and on TikTok and on, I guess, all three and on YouTube. 
anyway, that's the that's the first and foremost update I have for you guys because I posted a reel recently and someone was like, we need to see this episode on YouTube. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I will get it up. And I keep being like, I'm going to get it up. And then I don't, which is actually kind of standard YouTuber. I watch so many vloggers who are like, I'm going to start guys. I'm going to start being much more on it with my vlogging. And then they aren't on it with their vlogging. Like that's just, it's pretty on brand for, for a lot of YouTubers that I watch actually. So you could call me a professional YouTuber if you wanted to. What else do I have for you today? I'm wearing actually a cute dress. And if I ever get the video up, you will see it. It's from Princess Polly. Like I told you, I'm trying to like up my game when it comes to my recording style, because usually I'm just in sweats. I will say another thing is it is so hot out right now. So like wearing sweats into the studio actually makes truly no sense. And, you know, I love a summer sundress and a cowboy boot moment, which is what I'm wearing. You probably can't see the boots on the video right now, but I am wearing a cute little pair of cowboy boots. It took two seconds to put together. Easiest thing ever. I think I'm going to start documenting more of my recording outfits on TikTok as well. We're just adding a new element to note to self here. And I'm feeling cuter. I'm also hyped up on some Celsius right now. So we're on our A game for this episode. Um, okay, so let's start with content corner. So I have written down some creators that I have been following. There are two specific creators. I'm sure you guys have heard of at least one of them at Wishbone Kitchen on TikTok. I think her name is Meredith. She is a professional private chef. And I think she got really popular for her videos on being a private chef in the Hamptons for like just a rich family with a really sick house and like garden and stuff. And I just love her personality. She seems fucking awesome. Would love to have her on the podcast. Maybe when I'm in New York, we'll see what happens. But she is the best. I binged almost like all of her videos at this point. I went back so far. I just love watching people make food. And I also love that she does like a day in her life as a private chef in the Hamptons and shows like all the food she makes throughout the day, like what she does throughout the day as well. And I just find her life so interesting. I feel like she does recipes really well too, because she like tells you it's kind of like Alex Earl style, but recipes instead of makeup, you know? And then Natalie DeWitt on TikTok, also a foodie. And she does a lot of recipes and she experiments with like a lot of foods that I am too scared to experiment with. Like, She's making like anchovy pasta and uni and like things like that. And I just love when I see someone so interested in a topic. Like you can tell she just loves food. She loves recipes. And I just love her energy. Her energy reminds me a lot of my friend Ella McFadden, who she's been on this podcast before. Her name is at Ella Rose on Instagram. But she has a very similar like physical look, but also just like really chill, relaxed energy. They just remind me a lot of each other. Anyway, love following those two people. They're both food related this week. There is another girl on TikTok that I freaking love, but I can't think of her name and I won't be able to find her if I go try to do this right now. I'll try to I'll try to find her for next week, though. I think she's hilarious. She does these like reaction videos to like bottles rolling down like like glass bottles rolling down like concrete stairs. (laughs) she's done a lot of reaction videos to things like that, like kind of satisfying videos she'll do reactions to. And she's just so freaking funny. She also did a reaction to that one guy that like chops wood on TikTok. And like it is like inherently sexual when he's chopping the wood and she does a react. It's so funny. It's so good. So if I find her, I'll put her on my Instagram story this week. She's hilarious. Um, In other news, I am 
recording this before I go home to Texas. My best friend from college, Laurel, who I, again, have spoken about so many times and want to have on the podcast, uh, she is pregnant and she is having her baby shower in Houston. So I'm going to Houston. Um, I feel like I'm one of those friends that like, I don't talk to her every single day. We do have a nice little group text with me and her and Kimberly, who's also been on the podcast. We'd like to talk about stuff. I mean, throughout the day, we just like talk shit. And then we also have a little possible business venture we're going to do together. So we've been talking about that a lot. But like, I'm not like a person, like I said in a couple episodes ago with Iman, like I'm not a person that just like is in contact with my friends all day, every day. Group texts usually stress me out unless there's like a literal purpose that we're all texting each other, like a plan or something. I think I have like 250 missed texts right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. But when there are life moments... I don't care where you are in the world. If you are my best friend, I'm coming. I'm going to be there. And Laurel has always pointed this out to me because I've been in L.A. since basically I left college. So for seven years now. And she's been in Houston with a lot of my other friends, actually. And I have not missed like any kind of life event. I've been to so many of her birthdays. I've been to her wedding festivities. I've been to her wedding, obviously. Anytime something big happens in her life, I am there, front and center. Same with my friend Tessa. Same thing. I'm there in Dallas. We are in it together. So the baby shower, I obviously have to go. And then I'm going to go over to Fort Worth, which is my hometown. And I'm going to spend some time with family because I have not been home to see my family since the holidays. That was such a long time ago. I feel like I just work. Everything got so crazy busy this year. So I haven't seen my family like face to face. I haven't seen my grandparents, my besties. And of course, they're getting a little bit older and that just stresses me out. So I said this year I would really, I guess, prioritize family time. And honestly, I've so failed at prioritizing family time. I do try to connect with everybody as much as I can. But I've noticed lately, like when they're reaching out to me, like my parents are both reaching out to me separately being like, hey, can we get a call on your calendar on like you know, tomorrow, like, do you have time to talk to us and give us a little life update? Like, we have no idea what's going on. I know I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) So I'm excited to go home. I blocked out a few days just to sit around with my family. I'm sure I'm going to get so anxious because whenever I get home, I get anxious because Fort Worth, especially in our little neighborhood and area, it just, it moves so much slower than what I'm used to here in Los Angeles. I am on the go all the time. And I feel like I rarely have time to like do administrative tasks and things like that, or like even sit down and have a great conversation until it becomes the weekend. So it'll be interesting to be at home and slow down. It'll be a true test to my attempted stress detox that I'm going through. I have noticed a lot, especially through therapy, that I'm addicted to chaos and stress. And when it's not there, I get really anxious. So that's a new topic I'm delving into and I'm trying to I kind of want to find like an actual expert at that, like who understands the science behind stress and what it does to your body and why people get addicted to it. But we'll we'll work on that here pretty soon. Like I said, I've been trying to listen to you guys about the guests on the podcast and I'm being very intentional about who I want to bring on. So anyways, all of this to say I will be in Texas. And then by the time you're hearing this, I'll probably be back in L.A., I believe. But I'll have a little Texas experience. I'll post all about it on Instagram and on TikTok. I feel like Texas me is a very different, not very different, but a different 
version of myself that I really like. I just don't get to see her that often because I'm rarely in Texas. I guess I went home for the Dear Media in Real Life event, but it was to Austin, not back home to Fort Worth. And I only saw my mom. I didn't see like my brother and my grandparents and everybody. So that's what I'll be doing this week. What else can I tell you guys? That's that's really it. I'm trying to get back on my TikTok game. Like I said, depression takes a toll, takes a fucking toll on me and I don't want to do anything. So even like low lift, minimal effort on TikTok, like even doing TikTok vlogs feels like the end of the world. Also, wait, I want to talk about two shows in Content Corner. I didn't write them down. So I talked about the show Hijack. I think I spoke about this last week. I am even more in than I was previously. Okay. At first I'm like, okay, this like it's it's going a little bit slowly for my liking. And I hate that I can't binge it. But this last episode this week has been huge. Like I literally like gasped at the end, which it's kind of hard to surprise me. I actually had a friend text me this week and be like, you were like the most difficult person to like get like the shock value from because everything that anyone says to me, I like, I'm just again used to chaos and like ridiculous things. So I'm not like someone that gets shocked very often or surprised very often by anything. And this actually surprised me. And when that happens to me, I'm like, damn, that was actually a good twist. That was a good one. So the show Hijack, it's on Apple TV. And then I just watched the new Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix. The first time I watched it, I was I was fully blackout, just sleeping on my couch. So I had to rewatch it. It is so good. Everything that Jamie Foxx does is amazing. I just think his like timing <laughs> comedically is just hilarious. And it just is always he's always that one character, you know, so I actually like that movie. I feel like there's the Netflix movies for me have been like some of them are just like cheesy and I like them for that value. Like I'm OK that they're cheesy, but this was like actually a good movie. So and I like stuff like that. That's very like not I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic at all, but it's very like it's kind of like a mind fuck. So I loved that. And then I guess that's really the two shows that I have been watching. I need more shows. I need more movies because I have my time that I really like literally imprison myself on my own couch and make myself not bring my laptop on the couch. And I sit there and I don't scroll and I watch something, which again, for me is really hard. I usually like to have a lot of different things going on, but I'm trying to relax. So I need some good stuff to watch because it's the only thing that can be entertaining to me. You know what I mean? This episode of Note to Self is brought to you by Calm. Stressful deadlines, long hours, and all the pressures of juggling family and social life can take a toll on your mental health. I'm actually so bad with balance. I feel like I kind of shift between like extremes. So this is, I mean, this is just the story of my life. With Calm, you can get in-the-moment relief from everyday sources of stress and anxiety so you can show up feeling refreshed and ready to tackle any challenge. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, giving you the power to calm your mind and change your life. Y'all know I've been trying to incorporate meditation into my every single day, and it can be a very daunting practice. So for me, an app like this, like Calm, is so helpful to be able to just kind of tackle the skill on a daily basis in a small way and kind of build that meditation muscle specifically. Calm recognizes that everyone faces unique challenges in their daily lives, that mental health needs to differ from person to person, and that time for meditation may vary. 
And since self-practices are so deeply personal, Calm strives to provide content that caters to your preferences and needs. Their meditations range from focuses on anxiety and stress, relaxation, and focus to building habits and taking care of your physical well-being. So it basically covers all, anything you would like to focus on, Calm has a meditation for you. They have sleep stories with hundreds of titles to choose from, including sleep meditations and calming music that will have you drifting off to dreamland quickly and naturally. They even have expert-led talks on topics such as tips for overcoming stress and anxiety, handling grief, improving self-esteem, caring for relationships, and more. The Calm app puts the tools you need to feel better in your back pocket. If you go to calm.com slash note to self, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every single week. Stress less, sleep more, and live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash note to self. Go to calm.com slash note to self for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash note to self. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. With signature offerings that help you to move, eat, and sleep well, Weston Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being. Okay, how many times have you been on a trip and you're like, all right, we're going on this trip. I'm packing. I'm packing exercise clothes for every single day. I'm packing my supplements. I'm packing my various wellness powders. I have a plan. I'm like, you know what? This time, Peyton, we're going to stay on track. We're going to be healthy because this trip, we're going to feel better. And then day two, it goes completely out the window. I return home. All my supplements have not been taken. Not a single exercise piece of clothing has been worn. So this kills me because if I stay at a hotel that makes wellness easy for me, it would be an absolute game changer. So at Weston, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. Maintain your focus in a Weston workout fitness studio equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You can do your own thing in your guest room with workout and recovery gear available on demand through Weston's gear lending program, which I think I would kind of go for that option, especially the recovery gear. I love that stuff. So after that, you can nourish yourself. Eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu, designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind, so you can choose what's right for you based on your desired portion size and nutritional balance. Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health no matter the destination. And then we're moving on. You can also sleep well. You can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. Wind down with Sleep Well Lavender Balm, which eases tensions and soothes the senses. So this is truly, like I said, again, my absolute dream. I'm loving that Weston is taking on this role of like really trying to keep us all accountable to ourselves. And when I'm traveling, I feel like I need to nourish myself and hydrate more and get more movement in generally, not so much in like a stressful way. Like I don't want to stress about it. And what I love about this is Weston's kind of just like handing it to you on a silver platter, how to be healthy. You don't have to think about it for one second. Okay. Weston Hotels and Resorts is part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and an award-winning travel program. I'm very familiar with the Marriott Bonvoy travel program. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston.
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Today's episode, I wanted to talk about detachment and practicing detachment because I had a couple of questions about this when I mentioned it recently on Instagram. I want to say that a lot of the time I like to kind of feel like more of an expert in a subject before I talk about it. And to me, when I was trying to build out this episode of my brain, because obviously I'm not trying to do too much prep because I'd like to just have a conversation like with myself, basically. <laughs> and figure out what I think as I'm saying it, which I'm sure some of you can tell. But I wanted to look up a little bit about what, you know, other creators say when they talk about detachment. I listened to a couple podcast episodes that were just really quick about detachment. But I want to say that I am not an expert in this topic. And I don't feel like I can sit here and talk to you like I know everything about detachment and I have all the secrets and all these things. But I can sit here and tell you what I'm what my goals are and why I think that practicing detachment is going to be really monumental in my life. And I can also tell you what I've learned and also like kind of how I'm practicing detachment in my day to day. So again, this might be more of like a like a messy episode. I don't have a an exact list of things to do. I don't have um, all the answers, but I do have my own experience and kind of like what I'm going through right now rather than you know, me having gone through this months and months ago and then me tell you all the answers to it. Though I do think that the practicing of detachment is kind of like a lifelong skill to hone in on. I don't think it's something you go through and then you learn it and then you're like, this is exactly how you do it. There's a lot of different famous philosophers that speak on detachment. Similarly, like they're going through it and working through it and talking about it. Um, and these people are like genius, legendary philosophers of like ancient times. So if they don't have it figured out completely, I'm sure that none of us really do, but I can kind of fumble through how I'm dealing with it right now in my best way. Again, I don't know why I start all these episodes with the shittiest marketing for the episode of all time. Like <laughs> I just have to be honest, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I have my phone here cuz I so I have some notes. If you see me looking at my phone, it's because I did think about this and I wrote notes throughout the week just about like my various thoughts on detachment. So for me, just some quick background. If you're new here, I am the firstborn daughter of a military family. And when that, how do I say this? I am built for wanting control. I am built to control situations, whether it's within the family where you're supposed to like kind of assume a leadership position and take charge and lead people. I think I'm a natural leader. And I think it's also like a nature and nurture kind of thing. And a lot of the time that looks like taking control of a situation. I'm also very type A. And I do think that we all have the power to take control of our own lives and create goals for ourselves and go towards goals. So while I do think that that's very important, I also think that that can go so far into like more of an unhealthy mode where some detachment is absolutely necessary. And I say this because for me, I've realized that my need to control comes from 
fear. Like, I want to know what comes next. I want to be able to control what comes next. And not knowing and uncertainty is scary because you don't know what's going to happen. And for me, I've always loved to control, especially my time. I don't really want to control other people necessarily, but I do want to control my own time and my own space. You know what I mean? That's why it's so important for me. Like living alone is so great for me. It's also why I always say I loved long distance being in a long distance relationship because I still had the freedom and control over my own time. Um, though, again, I did enjoy being in a relationship and living together. I thought that was really fun, too. It was just different. But that also that experience taught me that detachment can be good sometimes and not controlling is also fun. So for me personally, being attached to a certain outcome or to a certain goal or to a certain plan, even like for the day, like I was the kid that if my plans got messed up throughout the day, I would be so stressed out and overwhelmed because I wasn't I wasn't doing what I was quote supposed to do. I wasn't going by the schedule that I created in my head. I was attached to this very particular schedule. There's a lot of things you can be attached to. It could be people, places, outcomes, things, items. And in that way, in that example, this my schedule, this schedule, I, I was a child. I didn't need to have a whole thought out schedule. I wasn't like the president of the United States. Like it was going to be okay if I didn't have the schedule. But in my head, I was so attached to the schedule that when the schedule or the plan went awry, I couldn't even like function. It was really bad for a while. <laughs> surprises, not not in my vocabulary. I'm not a big fan of surprises to this day, unless they're little, of course, like watching Hijack. And like, I'm a little bit surprised by the the ending of the last episode, for example, but like not a big surprise. You know, I want to be able to foresee things. I want to be able to plan and control. I think that for me, all of this has just led to so much anxiety. And I feel like this schedule at that point now controls me. So it's doing the opposite of what I wanted, where I wanted to be in control. My attachment has led to that plan now controlling me and my livelihood and my happiness which again is not what I want. That is not freedom. I feel like being able to detach is ultimate freedom. And again, like I said, you can be attached to people. That happens a lot. You can form obviously attachments with them. You can be attached to things. You can be attached to narratives that you've made up in your head. You can be attached to certain identity items. So like, for example, let's say I'm attached to the fact that I'm a podcaster, but let's say tomorrow... I'm all of a sudden not a podcaster. Everyone stops listening to Note to Self. Don't do that, please. But everyone stops listening to the podcast. I lose the podcast. It's not there anymore. And I've invested and attached so much of myself into being a podcaster that like, who am I now that I'm not a podcaster anymore? And I think it, we attach to like identities for sure. There's a lot of different things we can attach to. And all of these little things that we attach to, we allow them to define us. Similarly, like let's say you are attached to a boyfriend. You go through a breakup and you feel like you're nothing without this person because you have attached so much of yourself and your value to this human being, which is not good for you overall and also not good for a relationship because that's a lot of responsibility for someone else to be assuming that you they're basically your everything. You know what I mean? So for me, detaching is about freeing myself from these things that I feel can start to have power over me. And when these things start ha having power over me, like my to-do list or my schedule, I start taking them a little too seriously. 
and they start really changing my mood and my like outlook on life, it gets exhausting. And of course, I want to say, I always want to have a disclaimer that yes, goals are important. To-do lists are great. They're a great tool. We love them. Schedules are wonderful. It lets us all get together at the right time and the right place to make things happen. Attaching a little bit to someone is is natural. I mean, we all form attachments, but sometimes I think it gets to an unhealthy level. And the more that we can detach, I think the better and healthier we're going to be. Note to Self is sponsored by Vegamore. Y'all know I've said a million times how much I love Vegamore. I actually had someone slide in my DMs earlier today and ask me what I'm doing for my hair because they noticed that it's looking extra healthy and shiny. And of course, I'm doing so much for my hair in terms of coloring it less and getting cuts more often. But I'm telling you, the day-to-day hair care at home makes such a huge difference. I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. With Vegamore, I'm able to have visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. All Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. So I use my grow serum from Vegamore every single day. And fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of grow serum every 15 seconds on their website. So that's how good this stuff is. And it has totally transformed my hair and the overall thickness and appearance of my scalp. So I also like to use their grow shampoo and conditioner, and I switch these off with their hydrate line. Also that that shampoo and conditioner and my favorite hair mask of all time is their hydrate hair mask. What's even better is Vegamore's value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a great savings. You get it all in a little bundle. When you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products you need to take care of your hair. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily, like I said, and my hair and scalp are flourishing. Give yourself the hair you never thought you could have with Vegamore. For a limited time, Note to Self listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash note to self and use code note to self at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash note to self, code note to self to save 20% off your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash note to self, code note to self. Woo is back. You'll know I love the Woo little freshy wipes and I love the coconut love oil. I have them in little travel packs and also the full bottle. It's amazing. So let's talk about sex and be real for a second. Whoever is still not using vibrators or lube is stuck in a dry spell, whether they know it or not. We talk about this kind of a lot on Note to Self. I nod to it and I also really want to have some kind of sex expert on to talk more about it because I love the topic. Have the best sex of your life alone or with a partner with Woo More Play, the all-natural sexual wellness brand that I guarantee will take your sex life from ordinary to orgasmic. My personal favorite, like I said, is the Coconut Love Oil Lube, which is organic, non-sticky, and smells like fucking heaven. I use it for everything like foreplay, sex, massages, whatever. It's edible, and it tastes like a vanilla cupcake. Once you try it, I promise you'll never go back. Woo also has the best and cutest vibrators in the game. Choose from the G-Spot or Clitoral Vibrator to really treat yourself and spice up your sex life. So the Woo Vibrators, like I just said, are literally the cutest thing ever. They're so feminine and girly. They're the perfect size, so they're easy to travel with. And I'm a big fan 
of vibrator culture. I feel like every woman needs a vibrator, whether you're using it by yourself, which is very important, or using it with a partner. It's just, it's for the girls. We gotta, we got, everyone's gotta have one. All right. So Woo is giving you 20% off your purchase and randomly choosing orders that use my code to refund their entire purchase. That's right. They're randomly choosing orders to completely refund. Head over to WooMorePlay.com and use code note to self at checkout. That's W-O-O-M-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y.com code note to self at checkout. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I saw someone point out on a on a podcast, actually, this this is a typical thing that most people point out when we're talking about attachment, is that your ego attaches to things because it wants identity, it wants purpose, it wants, it wants, you know, connection, and it'll attach to certain things like narratives and people and things like that. But that your true self is underneath that. And your true self doesn't need to be protected by these things that we attach to. And detaching helps you to find your true self. That's kind of like the overall thing that I was kind of getting from most of the podcast episodes I listened to. So some steps for me and how I'm seeing detachment and how I'm trying to practice detachment. I've seen some stuff. Like I said, again, I've listened to some podcast episodes. I have looked on like Pinterest to find like poets talking about detachment from more of an artistic side. And I've just done some like inner work on on what I feel I'm attached to and how I'm detaching from those things. So I think number one is allowing everyone in my world, (laughs) in my personal world, to be exactly who they are. It is not my job to police anybody. And again, this is something I learned kind of a long time ago. But when you're the oldest child, especially like my little brother's 12 years younger than me, my sister's four years younger than me. If my dad's gone working and my mom was really busy, sometimes I would take on like a parent role. And I wasn't ever trying to like I think it come off as bossy, obviously, especially when you're the oldest daughter. Everyone thinks you're bossy. It's a whole thing. It can come off as bossy. But really, I was asked to take that role from my dad or my mother because you're in charge. If the mom's not there, if the dad's not there, you're in charge. So you get into this role of like kind of mothering a little bit and trying to not only I wouldn't even say control, but you're trying to like, quote, help and that's not necessarily allowing people to be who they are, right? Like no one needs my help as much as I want to help, especially like I'll look at my little sister, for example, growing up and she didn't really care about the way she dressed. She didn't really care about the way that she like she didn't do makeup. She didn't do hair, things like that. Things I was interested in from a young age. And I would just look at her and be like, you just need some help. Like, what are you doing over there? So I would she was like my little doll. I would dress her. I would put makeup on her. I would like take pictures of her with our like my mom's DSLR camera. She was like my little doll. 
And I thought for so long, like, I'm helping her learn these things when really she just didn't give a fuck. And that's okay. Like, maybe she just doesn't want to be helped. (laughs) But in my head, I'm doing it right. So I I, even though I was trying to do something good and it wasn't out of, like, meanness, I wasn't allowing her to be who she is because I thought that she was she wanted to be like me. You know what I mean? So I've learned this in relationships. I've learned this. I talked about this when I was speaking about my last relationship. Like I had to learn to be like celebrating who that person was, you know, instead of being like, oh, well, I wouldn't do it this way. No one needs to know how I would do it unless you want to listen to my podcast and you on purpose want to listen to how I, I would do it because that's what the point of the podcast is. But Like he didn't sign up to be have me podcast speak at him all the time. You know what I mean? So I learned obviously pretty quickly, like you just have to let people be who they are. And for me, I know personally that I don't know the quote right way to be. So asking others to assimilate to my expectations or what I think you're supposed to do or to my lifestyle just doesn't make any sense. Like who do I think I am? That it it's not healthy and it's putting responsibility on myself that I don't even want and that it's trying to quote help people who don't even want the help (laughs) don't that's going in my my memoir (laughs) don't help people who don't want your help okay it's very helpful to you and to them if you don't do that (laughs) all right for me again I wanted to note here this does not mean you are forsaking your boundaries okay I think that practicing detachment while setting healthy boundaries is saying that you're not going to try to change someone, but you do have a say on who belongs in your life. And if this person is constantly crossing boundaries, then they no longer need to be in your life. And I'm speaking kind of myself here. I'm not going to change someone and beg them to change and beg them to stop crossing my boundaries and explain to them my boundaries and what. No, they're going to be who they are. And we can have some conversations if they're interested in having those conversations with me. But my boundaries are for me. Their personality is for them and their boundaries are for them. And there is a separation. And it's not my job or responsibility to try to teach people how to, I guess, not encroach on my boundaries. All I need to do is communicate them. And then if they choose to not, you know, align with me in that way or they continue to cross boundaries, they're not in my life anymore. Okay, I'm not I'm no longer trying to change or improve people based on what I think and based on my own boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, it's again, not my responsibility. And maybe they don't care to honor those boundaries ever. You know, Does I hope that makes sense. I also feel like when you detach and let someone be completely themselves, you allow them one to surprise you because if you're always trying to, like, coax someone into a certain way of behaving or give them all these opportunities to behave correctly or put them in a place to succeed. One, it's exhausting to you. And two, you don't allow people to surprise you. I feel like I've said this before. We're like, if I'm always, for example, let's say I'm dating someone and I really want flowers and I'm always like, hmm, I really want flowers. Hmm, I really like flowers. Hey, I want flowers. Hey, you need to buy me flowers. What if he was already going to go buy me flowers at the store? But I didn't know that because I'm now taking all the fun out of it and forcing him to buy me flowers. So it's it's that thing where like you have to ride on the the is this a boundary or is this a me trying to control the situation thing and figure that out for yourself. But I think sometimes when we try to 
almost like over communicate sometimes we take away like the magic of letting people be themselves and the surprise that they could have in your life I also think that operating from that place of detachment where like you kind of are good if they give you the flowers or good if they don't allows you to operate from an actual place of love because I think that there's a difference between love and attachment um, I think again attachment's more about your ego and like what you can gain from this and your experience whereas love is just love is detached love is just you're just giving love and putting love out no matter what you get back um so i think the ultimate form of detachment or i guess maybe the ultimate form of love is detachment rather than the ultimate form of detachment is love so i think that that's a good place to try to get to i know we all have an ego we all have our own needs and wants and we're all human beings like you can't be perfect. I think the, a perfect example of like pure love is literally Jesus Christ, <laughs> who is like a symbol of obviously love in the world. I grew up in a Christian family, so that's just what, what we've always assimilated with love. And that's it's also exalted as like godlike, obviously. So, again, if you are not operating from pure love all the time, we're OK. We're just human beings. <laughs> we are not some like godlike symbol, but that is an example of true detachment, which is why I also think it's so hard to get to that place because it's, I mean, in, in historical literature, literally the only person who's ever done that is Jesus Christ at this point or any godlike figure of the like. I am currently not religious, by the way, but that's like a good, I guess, symbol of that that people can look towards and a good example of just pure love. And also more of a, another disclaimer that in true note to self style, if you are not operating from this place of pure love and pure detachment, that is 100% normal and no one expects you to. But these are some just some of my thoughts about it. Okay, so the second thing that I, instead of, you know, or aside from letting people be exactly who they are and not giving out help that was unwarranted or not asked for is allowing myself to completely be myself. I picture this like living in my own little world. And again, similar to how allowing others to be themselves, I think that there could be a negative connotation of like, oh, so we're just going to let everyone act how they want to act. And I just have to be nice to them. And I no, again, that's where the boundaries come in. Right. But for being in my own little world, I don't mean I'm being selfish in a mean way. I feel like I'm just minding my own business. That is like the purest form of allowing me to be myself. When I think, hmm, how do I allow myself to be myself? I'm going to be so far into my own business that I don't really care what's going on with anyone else. If someone needs my help, if one of my friends needs assistance, if I can tell, you know, other people need assistance, if I can go help the community in some way, these are all things that I like to do. But otherwise, being in my own little world, paying attention to my own, you know, things that make me happy and the people that make me happy and the people that I make happy and my own plans and the little things that I do every day, like waking up and making my coffee and going on my walk and stuff like that. It makes my life so much more simple. And I'm detaching from who everyone else thinks I should be and what everyone else thinks that I should do and how everyone else thinks that I should live and just doing what I want. This does not mean also not learning anything new and not going out and trying new things and surveying the people and seeing what other people are doing with their lives and gaining inspiration from other people. But it it means not taking any of this too seriously. And I think that's also one of the keys of detachment is just like not taking things too seriously. I feel like I live with this air of 
most things are kind of a little bit funny and a joke. Like, I'm not serious. I saw a TikTok recently that was like, listen, if you see me post a thirst trap on my Instagram, like, just know, like, there is a hint of irony there. Like, it's kind of a little bit funny. Like, I'm being serious, but like, not really. It's just like a funny thing. So for me, when I think of detachment, I think of living life in this way of like, yeah, like, here's a hot pick of me, but like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's kind of funny, right? So in this way, it's like, okay, here's here's who I am. If this person disagrees with me, totally cool for them to, to do that because they're being themselves, right? And I'm detached from that. Um, and I'm detached from their thoughts of me and I'm being myself. So I'm going to continue to do what I'm going to do. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hope this makes sense or it's a whole lot of rambling. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I think this is the one and the pillar that I am good at the most because I love living my own little world. You know, I love the villain era mindset. That's kind of what this is, is bringing your own kind of like fun zest for life into your life and not worrying about what everyone else is doing or thinking or saying. And that has been one thing detaching in that way has made my life so amazing. That's like the one thing I've done in the last 10 years. It's been a process that I work on every single day that has given me the most amount of confidence and has helped me live truly a life that I want to live. I wouldn't say a perfect life, but one that I do enjoy and want to live. It's because I've detached from what people think of me and I allow myself to like what I like and I own it. And I think that that's such a thing that can bring you confidence. And it makes me, I think, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but I think it makes everyone who does this a more interesting person. And I am so honestly attracted to, especially friendship wise, people who are so themselves. I was just talking about this the other day with my friends because most of my good friends in life, even if they don't know each other throughout my entire life, like throughout when I used to move around as a child in like elementary school, middle school, all that time, all of my best friends have been such personalities and not necessarily big personalities, but just like they are who they are and they're so themselves. Like they have these little quirks and they have these very specific personality types that are just so themselves. And I've always just really been attracted to people like that. I feel like there's magnetism and people that are so detached from this, this personality that they think they're supposed to be portraying. Like they're so authentically themselves. There is something so beautiful about that. And it's something that I really strive to be. But I also just love being around people like that. I didn't notice that that was my exact type of friend until more recently because I've I'm in this group of, you know, a few girls where everyone is just so themselves. And it's so funny. And there's rarely drama within the group because everyone's kind of detached, letting each person play their own little role and not trying to control each other or judge each other for it. So I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think that allowing others to be themselves and allowing yourself to be yourself are step one and two to detachment in your daily life. I also think going along with that, number three for me is not forcing things, not forcing situations. Again, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know what the fuck's going on. So like, why do I think I know how situations should go? Whether it's relationships or the way a goal plays out or whatever it is. When I look back on my life and look back at the things that didn't go the way that I wanted to, it does make sense. I think we can each we each have those moments in our lives where we're like, oh, okay, like I'm actually glad that didn't work out for me because 
now, today, when I look back, I realize that that had to happen and that had to go awry. So the older I get and the more situations that happen to me like that, the more I'm like, damn, I really shouldn't be forcing anything. Plus the idea of kind of just like riding the wave of my life and allowing things to come to me and opportunities to come to me and not taking things too seriously and not trying to force is it what is it a square peg and a round hole or is it the opposite round no it's a square peg and round hole I am not trying to force those situations because it's just so much when there's a lot of resistance in a certain way I think that that's just the universe as I would call it showing you that this is not for you right now which is difficult sometimes to grasp definitely coming from a family that really thrives on hard work and max effort and attacking the day and you know the whole thing I think some resistance is okay obviously like I think it's like when you're working out and you're lifting more weights or something like that like obviously there's resistance there and it's hard and when you get done with it it's it feels great and it's good for you but I think sometimes there's too much resistance let's go along with that metaphor you're lifting too much weight and you end up pulling something and then you have to like not work out for a little while because now you're back on your ass because you've just pulled something and you went too hard basically. Um, so with that, I'm thinking that sometimes kind of seeing life, like I'm not going to be like straining. Okay. Like we need to let life unfold because again, I love when life surprises me with things and when opportunities come up that I'm like, okay, that seems too good to be true. Like it's something that I couldn't have even, you know, made up in my head. And I just now kind of expect those things to happen because I've detached from certain plans and outcomes. Like I have loose goals and I have loose timelines for things, but I'm not necessarily forcing things anymore. And I think that my life has gone so much more smoothly when I stopped trying to control everything in my own life so much. I saw this one thing that said on, on Pinterest that said, I will not rigid. It was like an affirmation for people who can't detach. I will not rigidly impose my idea of how things should be or how things should play out. Smart. Because I am a rigid imposer. Not necessarily on other people as much as my own self and my own life. Which makes things like so boring to be quite honest. All right. So for me also I think that trust comes into play here. I have trust tattooed on myself. If you guys listened to the first episode of this year. We talked about the pillars that I live by. Trust is one of them. And trusting in the timing of my life and trusting in the universe is something that I connect with, though it is hard for me to relax into. So I think that trusting that solutions will emerge to my problems, trusting that I'm smart enough to get myself where I need to go, trusting that the universe has my back, trusting the people in my life that they have my back, and that everything's going to be okay. Like, Everything has worked out thus far, obviously, and I've gotten through every hardship. I have dealt with my own, you know, mental issues thus far. I'm still here. We're thriving. We're great. Everything has so far worked out the way it's supposed to. Was it all happy sunshine rainbows forever? No, but it's worked out the way that it has to, and I'm proud of who I am now. So, and that's what I had to do to get here. So when I look at that and I apply that same thing, when I look back on the last near 30 years of my life, I'm like, all right, well, shit. I try to control a bunch of stuff and I stress myself out trying to control and force solutions and force myself to do things. And all of that, even though I did all of that extra energy controlling, things played out how they were, they were going to play out. 
So why don't I just apply that knowledge now to my everyday? And that's what we're trying to do. I try to get up. I try to loosely plan my day. I have the things that I need to get done. My to-do lists aren't 20 pages long anymore. And if I don't get something done, that's okay. I'm not beating myself up about it anymore. If I need to take the day off, like on Monday, I had a really, or no, it was Tuesday. I had a really, no, it was Monday. I was not feeling well. And I was feeling so anxious about laying in bed all day. But I was like, I need to lay in bed all day. Like, I am not okay. My eyes were like bloodshot. My face was like sagging. I like severely dehydrated. I just have been working so much, which is great because I think I just did have the biggest month of my management just texted me that today actually said I had the biggest month that I've had with them so far work-wise, which is great. But, and that explains why I feel this way, but I was so attached to this need for it to be Monday and it need, I need to have all this shit done and I need to do all these things that I was running myself fucking crazy. And when I look at that big work week or that work month, I'm really proud of myself, but also I look back at it and I'm like, was that actually worth it? Like as proud as I am, like, was that worth it? I don't know if it was worth it quite honestly. But I think that trusting that things will work out because things have always worked out for me, even though it seems like they weren't in the beginning. It's kind of like lucky girl syndrome that we've talked about before. There's a full episode about lucky girl syndrome. We have merch based on the lucky girl syndrome episode. So this is a big part of detachment for me. And we talk about detachment in that episode is trusting, just saying, you know what? I'm trusting and expecting good things are going to happen to me because they always do and moving on. All right. For me, another part of this is getting comfortable with uncertainty. This is another part of lucky girl syndrome to me is that you just kind of believe things are always working out for you, even when you're uncertain, like you're certain that it's happening. You don't know how they're working out for you. Sometimes you can't see it in your reality, but you know, something's cooking. Good things are always coming to you kind of thing. Is it delusional? Yeah, but we're all delusional in our own way. And I'd rather be delusional in this way because at least it's helpful than like being pessimistic delusional. I have been trying to prioritize or I guess think more about instead of being afraid of uncertainty and afraid of letting life surprise me, I kind of want to get like excited about it. Like, ooh, what's next? What could possibly be next? Like what amazing thing will happen next to me instead of being like cowering in fear, asking myself like, oh shit, what's next? (laughs) And I think even changing that perspective has been so helpful. It's something I have to work at every single day. And it's one of those things you have to build as a habit. So like you feel yourself fearing and then you mentally catch yourself and then you kind of switch it to force yourself to almost feel excitement. To me, it's more logical to feel excitement anyway. So I switch that. And when I naturally go back to fear, I think about it again and switch it. And the more you get used to choosing excitement over fear, I think the more the easier it is to do in the future. So you're like building a habit. Pretty simple. Okay. Another thing is to, and really lastly for me on detachment is to embrace the present moment. This helps me get over the fear of uncertainty. This helps me stop trying to control everything. I just want to be here in my body right now and attaching, I guess not attaching, detaching a lot of the times is just being in your body, grounding yourself in your body and feeling, feeling rather than thinking. And that's how I would think about it, at least. So you can do things like obviously meditate. We've talked about that. There's the Calm app. They have really easy meditations. So that one's great. Doing something physical. I did a yoga class recently that was more like stretching and relaxing my brain, not necessarily working out really hard, but just like 
stretching. It felt great. And I felt really in my body getting a massage, a great thing to do. If you have like a, one of those like hyperice things that you can like massage your legs and stuff like that, doing a sauna, going on a walk. There's lots of like, you can go on a walk and do like a walking meditation as well. There are so many things you can do to get out of your brain and into your body. And I think that that is one of those things that immediately stops me into the present moment. Even just like deep breathing. That is a free thing that's available for all of us. Go on YouTube, find some kind of breathing exercise to do. It could be a couple minutes long. It is so important to connect with your body and where you are right now, because really all we have is a present moment anyways. And you're not then attaching to the fear of the future or the uncertainty and anxiety of the future. And you're not recounting and overthinking the past. You are detaching from those things in that moment. And you're just being where you are. And you're just being, which is my favorite thing to do. Just be preferably horizontally, but just being. I feel like that's the most detached you can be is not trying to make anything happen for a couple minutes. Just breathe. Just feel your body. And that's one of my, that's the most important tool for me to just like slow everything down and calm my nervous system when it comes to just even being able to start controlling my thoughts and all of these things with detachment. So adding something like that, that in every day truly is life-changing. It can be a kind of annoying and intimidating to do things like meditation, but I promise like start with a five minute little thing on the calm app or on YouTube and it'll get easier as you go. So that is my long winded. This is what I think of detachment right now. Speech. Obviously you can tell I'm not a professional at this and this is just all the information I've aggregated and tried to like make logical to myself. And it, when I wanted it to be more of a conversation than, you know, me giving you a full, what's it called? like a class about it. Cause of course I'm clearly not a professional. I'm trying to work through this myself. Um, I think my note to self this week is to actually <laughs> do what I just said and um, practice this being where you are presently as much as humanly possible. Every time I start having anxiety this week, every time I start overthinking about the past this week, I'm going to take some deep breaths, be where I am, do the hot girl thing where it's like, what can I feel? What can I see? Name five things I can hear. <laughs> Just center myself in this moment. And I'm going to try to do that as much as possible. I think it's overwhelming because it feels like it's going to take a lot of time. And I think initially it's like one of those things that you have to do a bunch to create the habit. And then, then it's a habit for you to kind of just be where you are. But I'm going to, a note to myself, though it is an obvious one and though it is so cliche, but it's just be present and detach from all of this extra bullshit that you're attaching to and just be where you are and who you are right now because that is good enough. And that is how I will end today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Come by me on Instagram to do my little Texas tour with me and I'll talk to you all next week. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind-the-scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to you all next week.